Hey friends, welcome back. My name is Joe. This is the Joe Martino Show. And today we are going to finish up our series on defense mechanisms. Change your thinking, change your life. What happens when we go after our cognitive distortions, our negative schemas, and our defense mechanisms? What should we do? Let's kick it off. This is the Joe Martino Show. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. Hi, friends. Welcome to part four of Change Your Thinking, Change Your Mind, where we just finished up talking about defense mechanisms and schemas. And today I want to spend some time, I want to camp out on the idea of how do we view change? What do we do with these? uh, When we realize we have a defense mechanism or we have a cognitive distortion or we have a schema that is hurting us, right? And schemas by and of themselves are just ways that we organize the information. It's just how you put information together. But there are defensive schemas that hurt us, and I went through those last week. And so this week I want to talk about, okay, well, what do we do? What do we do when we realize that we have this negative schema or we have a, something that's going on? One of the things that I often talk to clients about is, first of all, you have to decide what you believe about change. I'm going to be talking to some therapists uh, in, in a couple weeks regarding emotional regulation. And as you know, one of the things that I think we get wrong in society is we often translate emotional regulation as regulating the emotions, which is almost impossible to do. We just hyper transpose the word emotions with behaviors. And so what we actually typically mean is we need to regulate our behaviors. And well, what does that have to do with these things that we're talking about? Well, one of the things that you'll notice with the schemas or the cognitive distortions, is they're either a way at looking at something or they're a way of interpreting what we're looking at when we look at something. And that interpretation and that looking at something creates an emotion, a feeling, that often we will just give into because, quote, and I've heard people use phrases like, well, it feels like I'm just, the pressure's building and I'm just going to explode if I don't say this. In fact, I had someone write me, Uh, this past week, talking about how one of the things that she has realized that has improved her relationship tremendously with her husband is not everything she thinks she has to say or she has to express. And and that's so true with, with everything. Like, it's okay to feel something and not express it. It's okay to see something in a certain way and to challenge that belief. It's okay to be like, oh, I feel like that person there was intentionally rude to me. And, and you can feel that way. In, in fact, you often will. And, and then it's okay also to go ahead and challenge that word intentionally, to come up with maybe different ways or reasons or possibilities. And that's what today's about. We want to talk about how do we challenge these things? How do we recognize them and then move into change? The first thing that we need to do is we need to accept that we all have some of these things in our lives. Often when I go over, especially the cognitive distortions with my clients, a lot of them will say, well, don't we all have these? And I say, yeah, and that's, that's what makes them so dangerous because a lot of the cognitive distortions in the moment, in the right dose, I should say, they're good for you, right? But, but that's why they're distorted. And so it's kind of like getting glasses 
with the wrong prescription, glasses for a person who can't see, they're good for you, but not if the prescription doesn't correct your vision. Often what happens with cognitive distortions is they they make our vision incorrect and so we become hyper-focused on something and then those schemas kick in and we start to feel something and we become hyper-focused. Our clarity is on what we're feeling, not what we're doing. So, But we have to start with, you know what, everybody gets these. Everybody has cognitive distortions. Everybody has schemas, schemas that are helpful, schemas that are not helpful. What does it matter for us? What does that matter? How them and them? Imagine if I could talk, folks, right? How does that help us? Well, when we start with brutally accepting what is, we're less tempted to ignore them when they happen. One of the reasons that cognitive distortions continue, one of the reasons that negative schemas continue, one of the reasons that defense mechanisms continue is because we don't brutally accept that everybody has them. And so when we experience them, what happens? Well, we are tempted to ignore it. And there's no problem in the history of the world that gets better by ignoring it. So we start by accepting, hey, you know what? These things happen. And then we also have to accept that while they're happening, that doesn't mean they're helpful, even if they feel helpful. So we start by accepting that we all have them. And then, okay, if I have this schema, this cognitive distortion, if I am given to all or nothing thinking, if I am giving to an inappropriate level of shoulds, then I I need to step back and, and realize this isn't actually helping me. This isn't actually helping the situation. This isn't actually improving my quality of life. It isn't actually helping me love people better. It isn't actually helping me experience love better. And I may need to live in the short-term distress of having a, a defense mechanism, cognitive distortion schema that feels some, some way, but doesn't need to be acted upon. Because if it's not helping me, I need to stop doing it. Now, I want to be clear. I'm not saying that you stop experiencing the all or nothing thinking. I'm not saying, well, I just got to stop thinking that. I'm not saying that you just, I've got to just stop organizing my information that way. You don't, you, you want to end up there. But where we want to start is I don't need to act on it. I can feel this discomfort. I can feel this distress. And I may even feel more distressed because my insides are going to be screaming, do this thing that will help you, but my cognitive brain's going to be screaming, no, it won't help you. Don't do it. And I'm going to have to live still, S-T-I-L-L, right? Be still. I'm going to need to be still while my cognitive brain and my emotional brain have a fight it out inside of my body. So often, one of the things that I hear people say is, well, I just can't help it. This is who I am. This is what I feel. And the, the, the first part, I just fundamentally disagree with that idea that I just can't help it. Uh, often when I sit with couples, one person will be like, well, this is really hard and I just can't trust her. I just can't trust him and I can't help it. I'm like, no, that's, that's not accurate. Trust is a choice. It is a willful choice. And, and, and this idea of willful decisions has kind of fallen out of favor uh, in, in the modern world, right? Everything is science, everything, no matter what you do, if, if, if you can't pay attention, it's because you have ADHD. Well, okay, maybe you do have ADHD, which by the way, by and large is only an American problem, which is a little strange. Uh, but, but secondly, as a person who would no doubt be diagnosed with ADHD, uh, you can come up with 
strategies to manage your ADHD, but it is a it is a willful choice, a requirement to actually handle that ADHD is a willful choice. Well, Joe, are you saying that ADHD is, is a defense mechanism? Not at all. I'm not saying that at all. I'm drawing a parallel from something that we would not consider a defense mechanism for how we can actually work with our own defense mechanisms. Because if I can make a willful choice to aid my focus or to aid my, my ability to, to buckle down and, and do things, to pay attention, right? ADHD can, can one of the things that, that happens is uh, ADHD people will often stimulate themselves. And, and even right now I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm playing the flute, if you will, on my hands. I'm not playing the flute, obviously. I'm not musically inclined at all. But, but I just accept that because it's not actually limiting my focus at all. Uh, I said in my podcast earlier this year, I went back to paper this year. One of the reasons that I went back to paper is the tactile experience actually helps me handle my ADHD better than being on a device. Now, I want to be clear. It's not, I think, oh, the device is bad because there are some people that the, the device helps them better, right? And so when we start talking about cognitive distortions, defense mechanisms, and schemas, let's just say that you know you have one of those in the moment, you have to commit to just living in that distressful place where your brain is screaming to do one thing and your brain is also screaming to do something else. The two parts of your brain are just warring inside of you and sitting still, sitting with it, if you will, may well be the best thing that you can do. Uh, one of my clients was telling me that they were supposed to go to dinner with friends or lunch with friends on the weekend. And it was, you know, the Saturday lunch thing. And, and I don't know for sure if there was like two restaurants, like two locations of the same restaurant. Anyhow, they ended up at different restaurants and the client sat there and ate dinner alone or, or lunch alone, whatever meal she was at. And she said, when I checked in with myself, I was feeling irritation. And I said to myself, no, Sally, you're wanting to feel anger. But in reality, what you're feeling is disappointment. That does not mean that she still wasn't feeling anger. It just meant she didn't have to act on it because anger is that cover up emotion. And so she brought her awareness to what she was actually feeling while not ignoring or allowing the, the anger to run her life. So she didn't ignore the anger, but she also didn't let it dictate her decisions. And we need to do this with our defense mechanisms often. In that case, anger was a defense mechanism. Her body was trying to use anger to keep her from feeling pain and th the pain of disappointment. And so when we encounter our cognitive distortions, when we encounter our, our schemas, when we encounter our defense mechanisms, the first thing we do is we just admit, you know what? I have this. I have it. A lot of people have it. Maybe you're dismissive. That's a defense mechanism. A lot of people are dismissive. Here's the question. Does it help you? So the next time you're feeling it, you don't have to engage in dismissiveness. You don't have to act out of your dismissiveness. You can feel it and still do something different. And this is where the real work comes. Because then when we're not in the moment, what we need to do, and I've talked about this before, is we need to role play in our minds. What am I going to do the next time I feel the flare up of this defense mechanism? What am I going to do the next time I feel the 
the, the tickle of this negative schema. What behavior am I going to actually engage in that is true to the person that I want to be? So we have to have two things clear. One, who's the person I want to be, right? Like, like what type of person do you want to be? I was talking to, to somebody who, who would just yell to move his kids. And I was like, well, I'm going to ask you a question. When you're dying, kids around the bed, do you want to be the person that yelled to move your kids? Well, no, of course not. Okay. How much of a yeller do you want to be? Well, I, I don't. Okay. Well, well, then we need to make some changes. What kind of person do you want to be? And what does that behavior look like? And how will it help you when, when this next schema comes, this next, next defense mechanism comes? How will the behavior that you're choosing help you become the person that you want to be? How will it help you act in a way that you want to be? That's the challenge that you're facing. It's not that you have a schema. That's that Everybody has a schema. It's not that you have a defense mechanism. Everybody has them. It's the behaviors that follow when you experience that schema, when you experience that defense mechanism, when you experience that cognitive distortion. It's the behaviors that you engage in that move you from the person that you want to be that don't actually help the situation. So who do I want to be has to be somewhat clear. Who's the person that you want to be? And I mean this sincerely. I ask people this all the time. Who do you want to be? Who? I sound like an owl. Who, who, who? But seriously, who do you want to be? Because like, like I don't want to be a perfectionist. Uh, I once said to a person, when I'm leading, I'm either going to err on the side of law or grace. And I would rather err on the side of law. And they were really bothered by this. In fact, they said to me, I just don't want to err. Okay, cool. Then, then we're probably going to struggle because I'm just going to accept that I'm going to err. There's going to be things that I do. I've talked about this before. I don't want to be the person that has to have 100% agreement with my friends. I'm good at 70%. I don't want to be paralyzed by decision-making to where I have to know an outcome. I want to have a good, comfortable 75% probability that what I'm trying to get done will happen. Uh, when, when I don't want to be the guy that's known for hanging out with all of his buddies and missing his friends. Now, we can flip that to a positive. I want to be the guy that's known for hanging out with his kids, that's known for having conversations with his kids. I don't want to be a strict authoritarian with my kids. I want to be a person that invited my kids to adulthood, that invited my kids to conversations, that invited my kids to uh, uh, disagreements. I, I want to be the person that lived in the appropriate shoulds and realized that sometimes I would do things that I shouldn't do and I wouldn't do things that I should do. But neither in neither of those cases was my actual value affected. Who I am and the value that I have and the value that I bring still exist. I want to be the person who wasn't afraid to shy away from saying what needed to be said but still said it with love. I want to be the person whose friends relied on him to tell them the truth, no matter what. And that he was willing to judge what they did without judging them. I have a friend who got divorced and I said, I want you to know I hate what you're doing, but I still love you. He said, you're scolding me. We haven't talked since. That's okay. That's his choice. Because I also want to be the man that understands I cannot control anyone else. And once you have this, who do you want to be lined up, 
Then it becomes, what do you want to do? So I had an interesting situation this week. I thought I was going to be speaking at a camp this summer. Uh, I had pretty much made my peace. There's this institution that I thought about speaking at, and I had reached out right before COVID, and things kind of fell apart because of COVID. And, and so I just assumed I'm not going to be speaking there. And then they reached out, and they were like, hey, we have a company podcast. Would you like to be on it? I was like, sure. While I was on the podcast, I was invited to come speak. Uh, while I was there speaking for two days, I talked to the guy who coordinates this camp and or who had coordinated this camp, and he was like, yeah, um, we're, we're planning on doing it. We've got this big thing going on right now that's taking up all my time, but pencil out this week and just wait. So I did, and now we're in the middle of January. The week that I was supposed to pencil out is coming up. It's, a, it's in the summer, but summers are pretty busy for our family. We intentionally try to suck the morrow out of every drop that is available to us to spend time together as a family in the summer, camping, traveling, those types of things. And so I said, my wife's like, okay, so what are we doing? And I was like, I don't know. Uh, I'll reach out. The last time I looked, I didn't see anything online about the, the, the camp. So uh, my wife sends me a text. Uh, hey, the camp website is up and you're not listed as a speaker. Oh, okay. Well then let's go camping. And I'll send an email to the guy that's my contact person. I send it to him. Crickets. <laughs> no response. None. Zip. Nada. Zero. And if I'm just transparent here with you, I'm disappointed. But I have some schemas, and one of them is uh, uniquely designed to interpret the information available to me in this situation. And so one of the things that I decided is I need to be okay with certain organizations not living up to their word. In fact, I need to come to the place where I expect it, but not in a jaded way. And so now I have a really good chance to practice this out, to live this out. But living it out follows the intentional preparation of what I'm going to do when something like that happens. And so now I've moved, you know, if you know me, you know assumptions and expectations are, are what I believe drives the world. Now I've moved my assumption to, I'm probably just not going to hear from the guy and I should just plan on moving ahead with my life as normal and I'll reach out to the other person about something else and we'll see how that goes. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Appreciate what did happen and move forward. Now here's the thing, simply because you set your intention that that's how you're going to do it. You might have to remind yourself of that while you're going through it, and it's okay. Who do you want to be? How do you want to respond in these distressful situations? And how will that response help you be who you want to be and help the situation? That's good emotional regulation. All right. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, got lots of exciting things coming up. I believe uh, as we get into the year, we're looking forward to some things right now. We're doing some things as an institution that I think are going to be exciting for you to hear about. And we look forward to uh, continuing this journey with you. Uh, if you like this, please share it with at least three of your friends. It's so important that we engage in things that are bigger than ourselves. One of the ways that we can do that is we share information and things that we've enjoyed that have helped us so that we can help others. Just today, I sent a friend of mine a text of a song that I really appreciate. And I said, hey, man, here is some uh, motivation for your ears and your soul. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.